Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I do always find oh, the the Google Hangouts. You've got a like phone call so- sound, much much mm-hmm. more relaxing than the Skype one. Well, the boop beep. Yeah, that one that one like induces stress. It's like pick up the phone, pick up the phone. Whereas like yeah. Google Hangouts is like, hey, someone, hey, yeah. hey, da 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 da. It's like very, da, 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 it's very da, da, da. gentle. It's very gentle. I'm sure it's very Google. You know, it is very Google. Yeah, it is. There is very something Google. secretly insidious about it. Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theatre Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with sheet music and shot glasses. I like that. I like that it's like two words both times. We're getting into that. We've done all the one words. We're, we're, <laughs> I was thinking about this after a little night music too, like in the same way that we're going to run out of Sondheim shows eventually. Yeah. We're, we're going to run, run out of, of d- different ways to say alcohol. <laughs> Yeah, we're just going to have to do starting brands, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, what if we start... Man, if you're an alcohol brand out there that wants to advertise on our show and send us free samples... um, I mean, that would be great, but is that legal? Jimantomic at Mm gmail.com. Subject line, free booze. Yes, please. (laughs) Uh, That's your reference. Um, Speaking of, what's on the the menu today? Oh, I got a a right little glass of a dime vodka, because it's the Great Depression. (laughs) And that's all... You keep stealing my ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Mine was just going to be water from a puddle, because it's the Great Depression. (laughs) Because that's all they drank. That's all they drank. Oh, man. Um, Um... (laughs) <laughs> why? But why? I'll tell you Who why. Knows? It's related okay. to our quiz question, isn't it? <laughs> Aha, that's new. Um, you probably remember this, Jimmy. I've got a vague recollection. Our quiz question from last week. Mm-hmm. Catherine Zeta-Jones marked her Broadway debut in the 2009 revival of A Little Night Music, which we covered last time. But this was far from her theatrical stage debut. In fact, she got her big break in a West End production of this musical. What show? 42nd Street. Come and meet those dancing feet. On the avenue, I'm taking you to 42nd Street. Hear the beat of dancing feet. It's the song I love, the melody of 42nd Street. Little nifties from the 50s, innocent and sweet. Sexy ladies from the 80s who are indiscreet. They're side by side, they're glorified. Where the underworld can meet the elite. Where the underworld can meet the tell you how difficult it is to find YouTube videos about 42nd Street um, and like the Tony Award performance of things. I mean, it's not that hard. Google's great, Mm -hmm. but they're always interspersed with like, here's a tour of the 42nd Street subway tunnel. I'm like, that's not not what I'm looking for. (laughs) Not really what I was wanting. Well, I typed in, um, because I was trying to find stuff about Girl Champion, Mm -hmm. and I typed in uh, 42nd Street death 
announcement <laughs> and then quickly realize it's not gonna be much just good. lots of very <laughs> lots depressing of, lots of people have died on 42nd street <laughs> yes <laughs> um 42nd so, street yeah it's a musical it is um it's a musical about broadway it is first, it's like probably yeah and so it's like a backstage musical um mm. and any sort of trope that you've seen of a backstage um show has probably been pinched from this seems very likely um yeah. based on a warner brothers movie from 1933 mm-hmm. um the actual broadway production came out in 1980 it did that's a at long the winter time. garden theater won best musical best choreography um and it's got do you know harry warren and al dubin i had i, I never knew their names until we started looking them up but they've written everything well not everything but a lot of things a lot of good stuff <laughs> yeah um all of the ones that I've got listed here, Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers has been a favorite of mine for years, Thomas. Really? Uh, I ye- sang Chattanooga Choo Choo in show choir. Amazing. Pardon me, boys. <laughs> um, the first time I saw Chattanooga Choo Choo, uh-huh. it was a cow singing it uh, to Pinky and Perky, where they were tied to the railroad, railroad tracks um, in a Pinky and Perky sketch. You've said these words like I'm supposed to understand what they mean. Yes, so I'm, I'm just a, nod I will now. I will now take questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you sir, well, in the glasses. What is what is Pinky and Perky? So I think they're American, are they not? Pinky and Perky, the little pigs, two little pigs. <laughs> no. First show note of the day. Um, <laughs> Pinky and Perky. Oh. Singing Chattanooga Choo Choo. Yeah. Well, the cow. Remember the cow. Oh right, the cow. Pardon me, boys. Yeah, so they were doing it was like a sort of a, um, uh, I guess like parody of like silent films. So they were like tied to the tracks. Okay. And then the cow, I think, I think the cow had done it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was really young, so plot lines were vague. But mm. um, I think the cow had done it, and I was kind of like mocking them, being like, <laughs> "Pardon me, boys, is that the Chattanooga Choo Choo?" Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but- They've written Track everything, 29. including <laughs> uh, including a bunch of hit songs from, um, or that ended up in uh, 42nd Street, like Lullaby of Broadway, Yep, um, We're in the Money, yep. um, and then, uh, what else? On the, uh, on the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe, which is a song I learned in my childhood. I don't know why. Excellent. Um, 42nd well, Street. Yeah, 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 I like you very much. <laughs> yes. Made famous by Carmen Miranda. <laughs> The lady in the tutti frutti hat, um, but yeah, and then I don't know these two book writers. Um, so well, they did Barnum. Okay, the that's Michael, their biggest. Michael Stewart and Mark Bramble. Mm-hmm. They did Barnum. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, and Michael Stewart, I think, has done more than Mike Mark Bramble, but together oh, they did Barnum. He's okay. So Michael Stewart is Bye Bye Birdie, Hello Dolly. Yeah. Okay. That makes yeah. some sense. Yeah. Huh. Um, Mark Bramble, since though, has gone on to direct like pretty much any of the productions. Um, really? Since. Yeah, and sort of a, um, what do we call him? Arthur Lawrence style. Okay. Book, book writer, director. Yeah. That makes so a lot that's of good. Sense. Um, it came over to the West End yeah, in 1984. It was, it was big in the West End, was it not? It was I mean, really it was, big. Yeah. It was big I mean, Broadway. it was. It was big on Broadway. Many people, and I don't know where this statistic or saying comes from. But people say it's the biggest Broadway musical ever. But I mean, that that's that, not I wonder true. where that comes from. That reads to me as like top of poster. 
Um, yeah, no, completely. And you see it a lot, and um, they're using it. So it's it's um, being revived on the West End um, very soon, like next week. Yeah, I saw a trailer. Um, previews for it. begin. Yeah, and it, th- they're kind of using as their publicity, like Broadway's biggest show and things. Like that. I'm like, but that's not. Yeah, no, that's right? strange. I wonder. I mean, that I could see a marketing agency in the 1980s being like, "Well, our stage is you know six inches bigger than the biggest stage on Broadway, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and that makes this the biggest Broadway the biggest show." Like, I know our our cast has an average height of one inch, mo- and you know, yes, whatever. Yes, exactly. Is. I mean, there, there's a large cast, and I don't know whether it comes from that, but I'm thinking like you know, Chorus Line had a big cast. Yeah. Um, Lots of shows have big... So, I, I don't know. Yeah, I wonder... Um, show, show your sources. Cite your sources. <laughs> exactly. Citation needed. Um, we have that. The the company that I worked for uh-huh. in Edinburgh, um, we had that. We have a, a quote, a pull quote called um, that we are the best amateur theatre group in Britain. Ooh. Fantastic quote. That's a great quote. Um, but it's now become the stuff of legend because we can no longer find the source. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably so. at the end of the sentence saying some might call them the best <laughs> amateur theater group in Britain. However, <laughs> others wouldn't. Um, no, we know where it's from, and we've asked, we've asked for it, but we've never heard a reply. So it's not our fault. We've tried. Um, anyway, um, so Forty Second Street. What's that about? I mean, let's rattle through the plot, please. It's a. It is Forty Second Street is based on the Warner Brothers movie of the same name, which is based on a novel that I've ever, never actually heard much of. 42nd Street is the backstage musical. It's the backstage musical. Mm. Um, they're putting, we're putting on a show. Um, uh, famed director... Julian Marsh is doing a show. Famed director Julian Marsh is putting on a show in the height of the Great Depression. Um, he lost a bunch of money because it's the Great Depression, so this yep. one has to go well. Um, we watch the casting of all the chorus girls and all their legs, which is a weird, antiquated thing. Um you know, legs. Um, they you know, on the legs. Show. <laughs> they go through grueling nights of rehearsals. There's drama related to the leading lady's relationship with the lead producer, but also Who she's is the got one a... that's supplying the money. Exactly, but she's also got a vaudeville man on the side, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is cause for some trepidation among those in the know. Um, and then, horror of horrors, Jimmy, on the day before opening night... Out of Whoa. town opening tryouts. What the happens, leading Tommy? lady, did she break her ankle? She'd sprain her ankle. She hurts herself. She breaks her ankle. She breaks her. She can't go on. What oh are we gonna God. do? Well, let's take this young ingenue and persuade her <laughs> that. And you she can, can be you a can star. do it, honey. Yeah. What's the line? You're gonna go out there. Uh, you're gonna go uh, out there, a juvenile? little girl, and you're gonna come little- out. Of- star or some of that you're gonna come um, out a star and it sounds the way we describe it and the way we're talking about it this sounds tropish and like it's been done a million times before but the only reason it's been done a million times is because the movie 42nd street did it first this yeah, is the first exactly. time this kind of trope of a backstage musical happened and this kind exactly, of like, like you know yeah well the film the film was made in a time when musicals were becoming musicals um yeah so it's yeah, it's the first time that we get to really see how the sausage is made to pull a reference. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's but the, I mean the the plot is exactly it's exactly what it is. Is it 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 um it harks back to all of these kind of really early days. You know, it's your anything mm-hmm. goes. It's yeah. your top hats. 
Um, yeah, exactly. You know, it's 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 the like very fun, lively plot. Yeah. Nothing too. It does. Dark. It does make it really interesting from a musical theater perspective. Um, this is definitely present in, in the movie and maybe halfway present when you hit the stage show, um, uh-huh. because it is a show about putting on a show. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of the songs are diegetic. They're yes, um, but they're diegetic in the context of the musical they're doing, which is called "Girls, Girls, Girls" Pretty or lady. something. Pretty lady. Pretty lady. It doesn't matter what it's called. Um, like it is such. No one cares about the plot of the actual show they're doing. It's well, so I, d- I very much doubt there is one. If it's they're, called Pretty Lady, basic, um, and it's just a bunch of women in it, and then there's a train. Um, but so most of the songs in the show, save maybe one or two, don't actually progress or even have anything to do with the like bread and butter book of the show of like what's mm-hmm. actually going on almost all of them are rehearsal or performance numbers from the show that they're doing and i would wager to say this is one of the the 1933 movie is one of the first times this this kind of cheat this trope has existed and it's become yeah. a little more prevalent in musical theater since then I mean, a lot of the songs aren't in the movie. That's it's true. only got like our little handful, doesn't it? It's got maybe um, five or six of them. And then they pulled more from, like they pulled some from The Gold Diggers of 1933, which was the spiritual successor to this movie. Uh, yeah. Like, Where in the Money was from that. Yeah. Um, and a couple other Tin Pan Alley style songs were pulled here and there to put it, to flesh out the actual musical. Yep. Um, um, but from the actual, yeah, from the actual film. But I think, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know enough about films of that era to... Mm-hmm to remark on that one but i mean the film itself the film itself was very revolutionary Mm -hmm. you know i'll I'll tell you all about it later um yeah Um, yeah, it was very revolutionary and wildly popular oh i can't break away i must have you every day as regularly as coffee or tea you've got me in your clutches and i can't get free you're getting to be a habit with me you're getting to be a habit with me. Well, let's, should we talk about the movie? Sure, let's talk about the movie. Um, Great. 1932-1933, um, mm-hmm. it actually, uh, the copyright at the beginning of the movie, I think the beginning of the movie, the copyright says 1932, and at the end of the movie, it says 1933. Um, wow, that's a long film. I think it's just a mistake. But no, this is, so I was doing research about the production of the film. They filmed the whole thing in a month. That's impressive. That's crazy. Um, it is came that out, budgetary? Is I think that... it's just that's just the way the studio culture was at the time. You churn cool. out these movies like nobody's business. This was an early, um, but I always say his name wrong. Bubsy, Busby Berkeley, Bud, Busby Berkeley, yes. um, movie who did most of the all of the choreography. Um, if yep. you've ever seen a shot of dancers from above in a circle, that's a Busby Berkeley thing. He yep, that invented his, that. Uh, it was in like. I mean, he really was the the best of his time. Yes, absolutely. Um, he he creates or has created that image in your mind of yep. You know what nineteen thirties, um, kind of folly style dancing. Yeah, was I mean, like. he really invented that. Like there are, if you watch this movie, there are some iconic shots in here. Like there's a really iconic shot through um, all the legs of the chorus the girls. Le- that is such a great shot. It's a wonderful Regardless shot. of anything, yeah. it's really impressive. It's it's very clever and interesting. And, you know, uh, 
<laughs> all all the awful things it says about women aside is yeah. very evocative and you know uh sexy and salacious and visually interesting and almost hypnotizing in a way um mm-hmm. it's very he th- with this court with this kind of film choreography did a bunch of reinventing and so this is early yeah. on in his career and actually at the time this movie came out um the concept i think this is fascinating the concept of movie musicals was dying in the 1930s um yeah people were losing interest in movie musicals in the 1930s um and this this musical 42nd street is kind of earmarked as getting people excited about movie musicals again um which i think is really interesting when compounded with a lot of the things 42nd street has done later in its life Mm -hmm. um the movie holds pretty closely to the plot of the the musical i guess it's the other way around the musical follow the musical does a good job with the plot of the movie where the movie just kind of does it in an okay way because it's it's just a serial musical film um but the choreography is wonderfully interesting and the plot is at least not uninteresting there's enough drama going on to keep you interested Definitely, definitely. And I think they do that by kind of keeping it simple. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's not too many characters flying about the place. Mm-hmm. Everyone you, you get and you understand. There's not too many twists and turns and yeah. relationships flying out yeah. everywhere. It's, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And I think one of the crazy things about the whole longevity of this musical, again, we talked about some of this with like Guys and Dolls. The movie came out contemporaneously. It Mm -hmm. is set in the Great Depression and came out in the Great Depression and was about life then. But then the musical itself, the Broadway existence of it, is a period piece because it's about the movie, about the time. Um, And that does interesting things to all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I can see one of the reasons it being wildly successful is because it's a very hopeful film. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? This idea of, you know, you can be anyone you want to be, mm-hmm. um, follow your dreams, etc. Yeah. Um, is very inspiring. Yeah. Um, and so I can s- totally see everyone at that time, you know, that we, we've talked about this before, but like needing something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, and that it's almost the crux of the whole thing. The movie ends like a lot of movie musicals of the time do with a big production number, a, a G, really a Gene Kelly style, you know, like, we're, we're going to end it with a big dream sequence in absolutely. modern day New York. It's huge. It's huge. Um, yeah. And it's about 42nd Street. Um, and it kind of encapsulates that kind of hopefulness through the Great Depression, you know, and it's the the lyrics alone, the 42nd Street, where the underworld can meet the elite down on 42nd Street. Um, and the idea that we're bringing all of these, you know, chorus girls, actor types who are considered to be the seedy, impoverished, you know, like not do nothing, you know, victims of the Great Depression are yep. performing for the, you know, top hat and white tie elite in the audience and also sleeping with them on the side mm-hmm. um and it is this kind of melding of the haves and the have-nots and like there's a lot for for a very fluffy show tune style music there's a real undercurrent of some commentary going on here i think yeah definitely definitely but it's that thing i feel like at the time it probably wouldn't even feel like commentary because it's just just yeah. kind of real do you know it's what i mean life yeah 
Um, and from the trailer, interestingly enough, I love mm. old-fashioned movie trailers. I think they're <laughs> the best thing in the world. Um, but from the trailer, they were saying apparently like 2,000 girls mm-hmm. came to audition for the show and only 500 were picked. Um, all of these beautiful women ready mm-hmm. to dance for you this evening. That yeah. kind of thing. Um, but I think that's, you know, if you think about that, like, you know, 2,000 people... Mm-hmm that's a lot of people who were probably extremely poor yep um you know and and then it's i find it really interesting that in the musical mm-hmm. that they've thrown in we're in the money yeah um from gold for that exact reason exactly. you know what i mean yeah um which i think is i don't know i find that a very a good a good call mm-hmm. um because it is all about these chorus girls who are fighting yeah um and, and it becomes i mean this in the same way, oh, I hate to draw this comparison. Um, I think one of the reasons 42nd Street, especially on Broadway, is so popular because it gives that kind of backstage insight. And, may, you know, it is easy for the people who would be auditioning for it to, like, have a handle on their characters because it's them. Yep. Um, yep. The reason 42nd Street is successful, I think, is the same reason La La Land is successful because mm-hmm. it has that kind of inside baseball talk and i feel Mm -hmm. like pieces of art that are about the art making in the world they exist in often find increased critical success among uh, among the 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 knowers among the people who live in those worlds because they feel an attachment to the content um Mm -hmm. You know, books about writing books, movies about making movies, shows about putting on shows. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at something like A Chorus Line, it is, you know, one of the most successful films of all yeah. time. And it's, you can't get realer. Exactly. You know what I mean, I feel like A Chorus Line is like 42nd Street Dark. Right. Um. Exactly. Yeah. It, a, a Chorus Line is what would happen if you try, if you started with the same germ of an idea for 42nd Street in the 70s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's, it's. It's a good little film. It it's, is. And to be honest, it's, it's worth a watch. It is. Even for just the numbers alone. Yeah. Because um, it's it's proper, proper uh, old Hollywood. Yes. It's fab. Absolutely. I also saw, just, I'm just bringing it up so I can put it in the show uh-huh. notes. Um, it's an amazing, amazing video uh-huh. <laughs> um, of old Hollywood bloopers. Uh-huh. Right? Which you would never think about. Yeah. It's just all of these people just being like, oh, God damn. Oh god damn. <laughs> so everyone said that is like the curse word of the time. Should have far we've moved on. Oh that's But it's wonderful. so funny just seeing like literally like Humphrey Bogart being like, ah oh, god yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so it's great. Yeah. It's really, really great. So it's in the show. It's really great. good it's it's a good movie in general to watch too. And uh an early appearance of Ginger Rogers. Big Ginge, I know. Yeah. I know, not taking the the leading lady spot N- yet. No, long I think quite a quite some time before that. Yeah, um, she looks great though. Yeah, they, they all look really another great. beautiful girl for you to marvel yeah. at. Yeah, and of course, complete with the caveat that, like any movie from the 1930s, it's filled with rampant sexism and racism. Um, yeah, so you know, different time wasn't good then, not good now, but still exists. Exactly. I mean, it's one of those. I feel like we've we've kind of talked about that mm-hmm. in musical theater. Probably enough. Yes. Well, we know maybe it's never bad. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But um, yeah. also, I don't. It's... I don't think Forty Second Street, even the stage musical, like at, the stage musical, does change some of the. Um, 
in the movie, they're casting the girls because they're women. They cast them and they're like, pull up your skirt, let me see your leg. Like, they are objectified as, you know, bodies. By the time it makes it to the stage musical in 1980s, that's toned down a little bit. And I I do think it's a little bit more about, you know, your talent and your dancing. But then Mm. there is the song like, you know, dames are temporary flames. (laughs) You don't remember their names. Like, (laughs) we're still still not doing great things for... feminism <laughs> no it's not it's not it's not going to be the the banner for the the feminist movement no i mean like the poster is a scantily clad woman with a boa like exactly exactly nah, nah, can't, can't it's interesting like if you if you watch something like um broadway american musical mm-hmm. um in the the early days they, they interviewed quite a lot of like follies girls and things like that it's interesting because at the time it was the ultimate job because it was like if you were a Follies girl, you're the most beautiful person out there, and you could use that yeah. as a status symbol. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, which in you know is 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 different times. It is different times. It's but it's interesting. It's fascinating though. that that yeah. those girls were the elite. Yeah, in many ways. Well, because you, know I mean? you know you're you're getting employment. You're working on your own. You're you know making your own way in the world. Absolutely. In you know a a very it's a definitely a mixed bag there. Um, yep. But you're you're not, yeah, yeah. Times have changed. Yeah, not fast enough. You spend your dough for bouquets that grow for all those cute and cunning, young and beautiful days. Dames are temporary flames to you. Dames, you don't recall their In your memory, all those beautiful days. Let's talk sad things. Let's, Let's talk sad, sad things. things out of the way. Yep. So, this is one of a few musicals now, or just a few shows and things, um, which had their opening night tainted by a very sad thing. So, um, Gower Champion, mm-hmm. who is the director choreographer um, that you'll probably definitely know from Hello Dolly, mm-hmm. um, but need to know for for Second Street. So yep. this was his his last thing. Are, are you getting feedback? Uh, it's there is a cricket. That, oh, it's a cricket. There's a cricket that Linus hasn't eaten, and I'm trying to like move the microphone so it doesn't. Sorry, you just said there's a cricket that Linus hasn't eaten. Uh, yeah, Linus is the lizard. What? Is he named after Linus Van Pelt? Yeah, it used to be Linus and Lucy. Lucy didn't make it. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Lucy. Lu- I mean, it was like seven years ago. Um, okay. Linus is a grumpy old curmudgeon and got fresh crickets today, and one of them is being noisier than the rest. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you can hear something in the background, it's not <laughs> feedback. It's just a cricket. It's just a cricket. Uh, <laughs> I forgot you lived in a desert. I keep forgetting. <laughs> I do. I, I, keep there, forgetting. I had to kick a Gila monster out of my bed the other day. I know. That's this tough life. But that's a whole nother story. <laughs> exactly. That's a separate podcast. <laughs> um, so anyway, death. Um, so, uh, yeah, basically, um, 42nd Street opened 1980. Mm-hmm. Um, this was going to be a really important show for Gower Champion because... Mm-hmm. Um, kind of since I Do I Do, which came just after Hello Dolly, yep. nothing else landed. Even though Mac and Mabel is great and it didn't do well for some right. weird reason. It was not a financial um, success. 
yeah it, it just didn't work so he was really needing something big how um, life imitates art right it's so weird like it's so so strange because yeah. i feel I, I mean i i've talked about this before many many times mm-hmm. but i'm a big believer in fate mm-hmm. and the world um meaning something a bit more than what it does uh-huh. um and I find it really fascinating um, that this, I really haven't said it, but basically he died on opening night. Yeah. Um, and uh, that this, you look at Rent as well with Jonathan Larson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this beautiful show that talks a lot about death and the nature of dying. Yeah. Um, and he wrote this show for his friends and, and things like that. Like, um, I don't know, I find it really weird. Yeah. I find it weird. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it is it is a piece way. of stage lore. So um, the oh, who kept it? Um, David Merrick. Yeah. Yeah. David Merrick, the producer. David Merrick, the producer, had been aware of Champion's passing. Uh, he yep. had died a couple hours before curtain time, um, but had kept the entire affair a secret from mm-hmm. cast and company and crew and just about everyone else until after the performance and at a closing curtain speech announced mm-hmm. it to, you know, the tragedy of all. And didn't even announce it in a very good way. It was very much like, but this is a tragic event. Um, you know, David, um, you know, Gower Champion has died and it was very, yeah, it, it, it was a bit improper, I would say, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. And, it, you know, even just like things like, um, Gower Champion, I think, had been dating mm-hmm. um, the girl who was playing Peggy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to, for him to kind of come out and announce it like that, probably definitely knowing the fact that Gower Champion was dating her. Yeah. You know, she collapses into this, like, horrible, yeah. sad fit of tears. Um, I can't remember, is it on Broadway, the American musical? I think it is. I think the clip think, of yeah. the announcement is there. So if, if you've got it, um, watch that. If not, it will be in the show notes and get it because it's the Bible. Yeah. Um, but, but is, yeah, I don't know. And tragic, then it just like, it's tragic in a very particular show business kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I struggle with this, you know, this is, this is at our core. People talk about these sorts of things all the time. It's in, there's no business like show business. Like what is it? Um, uh, you you before the show has started, you learn that your favorite uncle died at dawn. Your mom mm-hmm. and pa have parted, but still the show goes on. Um, and there there is this underpinning. Uh, there's this underpinning underpinned ideal in our art that like tragedy happens and it makes our art, and tragedy happens and it supports our art, and life is difficult and we you know struggle through with the art. And mm-hmm. it has become such a core of what we do, and I think it's mm, it feels destructive and improper. It mm, feels like something I wish didn't happen as much. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I think this was totally him thinking like a producer and not thinking like a friend, right? Um, because he, you know he announced it. This was it was press night. <clears throat> Everyone was there. The world's press was there. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of this beautiful, uplifting show that he comes out and makes this speech in a very less than decorous manner. Right. Um, it, you know, it's it, he's doing it for the headlines. I'm sorry, but he is. Like, and yeah. I understand he's desperate and I understand he needs a good break, but right. I feel there's much better ways of doing it and much more decent ways. Yeah. 
of uh, doing yeah, it than I struggle with trying it so to grab much. some headlines and going for that, you know, it's like the clickbait of the 80s. Um, yeah. But even it's, like it's in, not, in the it's more nice. contemporary sense with like um, Jonathan Larson and Rent, um, which yeah. certainly was handled with much more tact and understanding. Um, Larson, yeah, exactly, I, exactly. It, I'm going off memory here, but I believe Larson passed the day of opening or the day of last preview. Um, it somewhere was the day of there. opening, yeah, I think. And they, in his honor, were going to just do the show like like a stage reading, like seated at microphones exactly. in a more... Yeah, and then, so they said, they said before the show, like it wasn't, uh, oh, by the way, right. I know you've just had an amazing time watching that, but guess what? Um, yeah. It was very much like, we're doing this for Jonathan. Right. Do you know what I mean? Which seems like a much more proper way to do it. Absolutely, and absolutely. still, to me, feels in that kind of, we are capitalizing on our tragedy to make our art. Um, mm-hmm. Well, no, see, I don't think that with Rent. I don't think that. Because, yeah. like I said, because with Rent, um, death is very much a part of the show. That's true. Um, and because it's, it's you know, semi-autobiographical from Jonathan's perspective of his friends yeah. um, and growing up in East Village, I think it's, it's, it's more just becomes a tribute to him. I guess that's um, true. As opposed to... Uh, you know, or we're doing some headline grabbing because mm. you know the the guy's diagnosis will be some great publicity. Um, I don't doubt that that is a a, a secondhand yeah um like symptom of it yeah um but that's just a natural thing whether they released it to the press as a press release or, or whether they did it on in stage a dramatic announcement on stage yeah that's a definite exactly choice. yeah exactly um I think it you know it would have happened either way the show still would have been and got some success from exactly. that. Yeah, um, and notoriety, I guess. But yeah. the th- one of the things as well, I think, with Dave America is quite stinky. Um, is he since after after um, Gary Champion died, mm-hmm. uh, he calls it now David Merrick's Forty Second Street, mm. um, which is dark. I think that's yeah. dark uh, because you know, obviously, <laughs> Gary Champion wasn't around to fight for his estate and his name in it. Right. But it's very much Gary Champion's show. It's you know, yes, David Merrick grew the money, but it's David Merrick. Uh, presents Gower Champions Forty Second Street. 40 that's Seconds what you're doing. Yeah, um, no, that's kind of my. It's stinky. It's really, yeah. really stinky. Um, and obviously, he had a lovely long life, and I think passed away in two thousand or something. Yeah. Although um, the, the the this was his pretty much his last big success. Forty Second yeah, Street. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, yeah. This was his. Uh, yeah, one song. Yeah. But it's 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 just really really tragic. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 just a weird thing. People dying on opening well, night. Like we we talked about this briefly, um, mm. the uh, off microphone. But it is, uh, I do to me, it makes some sense um, because mm-hmm. even you hear the perhaps apocryphal story about Irene Ryan walking off stage from Pippin singing, "Oh, you gotta, oh, it's time to start living," and then like falling down dead of a heart attack. Yeah. Um, like these stories, one, I think we build them up because of this underpinning of our life is a support system for our art and not the other mm-hmm. way around. Um, and so, you know, we we hear about them. Also, I think there's some confirmation bias going on here. Like, yep. we don't talk about all the other artists who didn't die on opening night because there's nothing coincidental there. Um, yep. But I also think, you know, putting on a show takes a lot of 
energy mm-hmm. causes a lot of stress. I mean, it almost goes yeah. back to the plot of 42nd Street, but yeah. the doctors tell the director at the beginning, like, you can't, you're going to have one more nervous breakdown and that'll be the end of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, Garchamp, he was very much on his last legs. Like, he was, he was really ill. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the stress of putting on a show, of course, that's going to have physiological toll on your well-being. And then on opening night, you have all this stress buildup or all this stress release or all of it all together combined with staying up late, combined with partying, combined with yep. whatever drinking you're doing. Like, it is a, a little unsurprising to me that these things happen from time to time. Yeah, totally. Totally. But still very sad. Very if sad. you've an ounce of rhythm down in your shoe then I'll change your point of view If you've been singing a sad and blue song Go into your dance Until you learn how to sing a new song Go into your dance Don't be complaining Learn how to smile Okay, let's move on from the sadness. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Um, oh, do you know what? Even <clears> just saying it, you know the movie Inside Out? Yeah. Sadness is one of my favourite characters. It's, she's fabulous. She's up there now with Wally and Woody, and I'm ready to get a plushie. Get a little plushie? Get a little sadness plushie? <laughs> exactly. Uh, what's her face from The Office? What? Have you watched The American Oh, Office? was that the actress? Yes. Aha, okay. She's great. Her voice is perfect. She's also in the OA. Have you seen the OA? The OA? No, what's that about? It's on Netflix. It's amazing. Uh-huh. All right. I'll Go see it. It's a Netflix original. I will look it up. Netflix knocking it out of the park. <laughs> um, anyway, 42nd Street. So, um, I think this is probably some of the best choreography that's ever existed on Broadway Discovery. That is a bold statement. Tell me why. I know. I didn't say it's the best, but I said it's among the, up there with the greats. Yeah. Um, and that's because in many ways, Gar Champion was up there with the greats. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I can't tell I mean, if you're you being silent here, or like, if you have connection. <laughs> it's... I still, I still, the two you've listed there, Fosse and Jerry Robbins, I like their stuff better than his. Oh, yeah, no complaint. Like, you know, my favorite stuff art comes from them. But I yeah. mean, the, the, the dancing in this show and the things that they did, um, in, in terms of a tap musical. That's true. In terms of a tap musical, um, mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's some of the greatest. Yeah. Um, you know, until then... Obviously, we'd had Anything Goes way back in the day and, you know, mm-hmm. revivals and things pop out. Um, right. And Anything Goes has some great tap moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the opening to 42nd Street is up there with the opening to a chorus line. Yeah. It's up there 
with the opening of West Side Story. Yeah. Like, it's just sensational. Yeah. It is. The, like, half leg, like, you know, half leg shown just at the knees, just all of these feet tap dancing. Yeah. It's really alluring and it's really exciting. Yeah. Um, and all you can hear is just this great tap and it, it kind of sets you up. It shows you, look, this show, you're just going to like the dancing, all right? Yeah. It's that, don't focus on anything else. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Yeah. Um, l- watch us tap dance because we're going to do it really well. Yeah. Um, that bothers me. Why? 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 Because we do musical theater for the story. I do musical theater for the story. Um, yeah. I do, I do musical theater for many things. Yeah. I do mus- because, uh, yeah, I love the musical Fosse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that is about the dancing. It's a celebration of what Bob Fosse can do. Um, and to me, it's still very much a musical. Yeah. Uh, and it's great in terms of its choreography. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Um, because in the, I just feel like in the same way with um, dancing, singing, acting, mm-hmm. your three disciplines that pop into musical theatre, some right. shows focus on one more than the other. Yeah. Um, and... I would say this one focuses a heck of a lot more on the dancing. Yeah. I feel, I think my, 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 my groans about it go a little deeper and it has to do with this being a musical about putting on musicals, um, all the way back from its 1930s and, uh, roots to, um, champions, uh, choreography on Broadway. Um, mm-hmm. the, the conceit is that most of this choreography is based around the show they're putting on. And so it's stylistically appropriate to the show they're putting on mm-hmm. um, in the same way with the movie. And so the show they're putting on is supposed to mirror Broadway shows of the time, but it feels mm-hmm. like we're making a meta commentary on something that doesn't actually exist. Like it is, it is hard for me to point to the musical on Broadway in the 1930s. That is just a hoofer. That is just a bunch of tap dancing with like bupkis zero plot. Um, that feels like an earlier era thing, something that we're past, which is why we're wrapping it in this meta story of putting on the show. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we missed a step there, all towards creating what has certainly become the stereotype icon of what quote unquote Broadway choreography looks like. But to me, Broadway choreography looks like um, movie cinematography. Like, choreography exists on Broadway in a million different ways. Mm -hmm. And so there isn't, like, a Broadway look. There's just whatever is appropriate for that particular thing. Just as there's not, like, one genre of filming a movie that exists there's like Mm -hmm. a million different kinds but then somehow Mm -hmm. this plotless choreography has bubbled to the top as the icon it is certainly like um athletically impressive but it's Mm -hmm. not in support of anything that's interesting this has been something really really interesting point it's something I've struggled with for a long time and that I still don't know if I'm putting it in the right words. The The moment I feel it most is that it's a moment that baffles me um, mm-hmm. and that I've been trying to write a video around for literally two years now and I can never figure yeah. it quite out. Um, it's the concept of the down-tempo showstopper. This happens in all sorts of musicals. Well, well, hello, kick, 
kick dolly and we're dancing kick kick dolly da, da, and the whole audience stands up and claps it happens in 42nd street too like mm-hmm. um and lullaby uh, broadway exactly come on along and listen to right and we hit that down tempo showstopper and usually it's a kick line but it can be just about anything but something about that setup of like the song builds, 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 and the tempo and the the dynamics build, 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 and then we stop. And there's like two or three fermata notes. And it's like dun dun dun, boom, step, kick, step, every single time, and the audience roars without fail. You know, we use it in it's it's parodied in um. In Be Our Guest, in uh, Beauty and the Beast, like near the very end, there's that moment. Every, it is like a musical theater trope that is like, stops the show in a really good way. But why? It's just impressive. It's just physically impressive. It just stirs something in you that feels like, oh, now we clap now. In the same way mm-hmm. that like a blackout and a really good button tells you to clap now. But mm-hmm. it's not in support of it's like this weird social agreement we've all come to that we're here to praise you know and of course we're here to praise the athleticism like i don't want to downplay that it's physically impressive that these things are happening but in so many of more contemporary musicals we are here to be taken away are here to like assume that these are real characters on stage doing this thing and like we have some suspension of disbelief with the singing but that still that still fits to me like some of the other suspension of disbelief in the world happens but this kick line always happens at the moment in the choreography or i'm like why are we still dancing what happened to the plot um mm-hmm. all of this wrapped up in it seems very founded in the tropes that 42nd street the movie creates and fosters and it's why I struggle with it. Okay, I don't. I can't see why it's a bad thing. I'm not. I'm yet to, yeah, to be able to come onto your side of why it's a bad thing. I, because first, I would say it only. Really, I mean, it really only happens in the Lullaby of Broadway. Yeah, which is the kind of eleven o'clock number. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's the big turn. Yeah, um, and it's just a big ensemble moment. Right. Um, but to me, like Lullaby of Broadway is the catchiest tune. Yes, but it's not the biggest number. No. Um, Do you know what I mean? But like, even you know, we're we're in the money, which is a sh- is in in the show, in the show within the show, ladies, 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 or whatever the heck it's called. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'll never get it right. Um, is th- th- you know starts with plot but it d- as mm-hmm. much as you as much as you get from the show within the show. I found some money. What is it? Oh my God, we're so rich. We're in the money. Mm-hmm. We're in the money. Da 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 da. We got a little bit of what it takes to get along. And that's yep. it. That's the plot. Then we just repeat that a million times, and then we stop repeating that, and then we tap dance. Why? Why do we tap mm-hmm. dance? Because it's impressive? Because we're so excited that we got this money that we can't help but dancing? Um, so wait, pause, pause, pause. Are you saying that yeah. dance breaks are a bad thing? I'm saying that I find there are more motivated dance breaks in other musicals. Um, I find that 42nd Street is the worst offender of dance breaks. Because but it's no, I'm I'm struggling with this because okay, you know, because of what it is, because it's an adaptation of a 1933 Busby Berkeley movie. No, um, yes, that's why it's got a dance break in it. Do you know what I mean? So they're not going to give it. It's the same way that you know, Crazy for You being an adaptation of the Gershwins, American Paris, which was just on an adaptation of the Gershwins. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 
got the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, or Rogers and Hammerstein filled yeah. with dance breaks. Like mm, it's But I think they're <coughs> different. Um I'm still in piecing what together way why for sure. The dance so, break in Farmer and the Cowman different from the dance break in We're in the Money. Because Farmer and the Cowman is still about Farmer and the Cowman in is comes from a place related to the specific plot of the story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, We're in the money is a mm, stick with me on this is a parody of something like Farmer and the Cowman from an angle that I don't appreciate. This is where we're in like the meta world based on something that's not real. Farmer and the Cowman comes from, we're having this social. We're getting together and we're going to dance because that's what we've been told to do. And so you can still continue the plot like that. We're in the money, Uh at least as far as the 1980s version is compared. I think pulling things from the 1933 movie is one thing, but I I think there's something else going on here too. Because they also decided to incorporate we're in the money. It wasn't in the particular movie. But because it's a hit. Right, because you know it's I mean? a hit. In the same but, way, Crazy For You incorporated a lot of Gershwin songs but, that weren't in, you know, yes. you know what I mean? To, to create, oh, here's the hit so that you know that. Right, but at least Crazy For You uh, endeavors to incorporate them into the plot. We're in the money. Slap That Bass? Slap That Bass is in no way plot related. B- yes, but it's still about a upright bass that a character in the show pulls on stage. I do think Crazy For You is the good challenge for this sort of thing, so I'm still working it through in my mind. We're in the mm-hmm. Money exists as a big production number because, quote-unquote, big production numbers exist. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be able to agree with you on this one because yeah. I just feel like this is a core part of musical theatre. I understand that, yeah. you know, there's, in, but in the same way that there's genres of music, there's genres of musical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like this is a very legitimate genre of musical because it's existed all the way through the whole genre, you know mm-hmm. I mean? The whole mm-hmm. um, genre yeah. that is musical theatre. Um, and it will continue to exist. Uh-huh. Um, so I think to write it off as nonsense is unfair. Um, yeah. and unfair because it is the basis of the things that have come today that are much more arty and much more kind of interesting in terms of storytelling yeah um i feel like this is these these kind of shows are the ones that are at the core of that yeah yeah i agree i still don't know why it bothers me then mm-hmm. it feels That's like interesting. it feels like there's more room for art to be it feels lazy and i don't know why a dance break feels lazy an un a dance break for the sake of dance break feels lazy I, okay. Because there are better ways. I mean, I get, to I get, get what you there. mean. I know that, like, you know, a dance break which you know narrates a story, right, is fantastic. Yeah. But you know, but, even like let's let's take our let's take our home favorite, something like Great Comet. Yeah. Balaga, you're not advancing the story. No, but right? it's still as as several members of the productions <laughs> quipped back at me. They were uh-huh. like, "No, no, there's no justification for a 15 minute." Yeah, exactly. But right so now. then, are you like, "Well, then that's nonsense. Take it out." I'm like, at least there's justification for a seven minute dance break there. Right. Well, we're in the money's one is shorter. Yeah, but we're in the money is like uh, because it. I think I'm tied up in the fact that it is part of the musical in the musical. 
and like seems to exist. I don't actually know. I don't think where in the money is. I think where in uh, the money is them just finding money but then and singing they- about it together, and then it turns into this big dream fest of wouldn't it be great to have money? Um, yeah, maybe I'm off base on this one. I don't know. Then I guess I don't know what bothers me about it. Mm-hmm. But That's something, interesting. And like, I certainly enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I'm right there with everyone uh, standing and clapping when, you know, Dolly starts kicking with all those waiters. Like, or, you know, Mame walks down the stairs again. Like, that's absolutely mm-hmm. something that gets me going. I just can't, with everything else in musical theater, I can place why I like it. What got me to the point of enjoying that? When they go, well, uh-huh. well, hello, Dolly, and start high kicking, I don't know why I like it. Maybe. Maybe that's right. What okay, with. because so was, it's camp. Because it's camp, and I think that's fine. Yeah, but I don't. Do you like know what I mean? Camp. Because it's fabulous and and fun. Yeah, but I don't. I, I run a musical theater channel, and I don't like camp. <laughs> that's a lie. You've never said a bigger lie in your life. It's the biggest lie you've ever told. Um, like, do you know? What I mean, it's it's um, it's 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 just fun, and I think that's. You know, it's. I'm going to sound very man and chair here, mm-hmm. but that's what musicals. At the the vein running through that meaty vein in your wagyu beef steak, yeah, um, is this kind of fun, lively musical, and that will be the thing that keeps musical theatre burning. Yeah, um, sure. On the top, in this lovely marinated upper crust of our wagyu beef steak, uh-huh. um, you've got some fabulous pieces of art. Yeah. Um, but at the core, the taste and the meat yeah. and the juice of it it's always gonna comes be l- from this. I wonder, I think this might be our fundamental disagreement, which is why we run a podcast so well. Um, yeah. I would, f- I'd, I'd turn your soup upside down. Um, you turn my steak inside out, would you? I, basically. Um, like the, to maybe to bring it back onto some of the topics we actually wanted to talk about. But so the 2001 Tony's Award intro for 42nd yeah. Street is fabulous. Um, <laughs> not, <laughs> not one of the many reasons, uh, because on, um, whatever compilation, Playbill compilation it is, it's introduced by Robert Goulet looking like he hates life. Um, which will go in the show. Have you seen this? It's gonna go in. The yeah, show I've got, now. I've got, I've got the full version. For oh, the it's show what, notes, so goes, don't worry. Hello, it's great. I'm Robert Goulet. Forty Second Street is a music. <laughs> He's like so angry at life. I know. Um, but they start like a lot of Tony intros. They start in their theater and make it to Radio City while tap dancing. And yep. the joke of it all is they tap dance out of the theater, arms in the air, tap dance down the sidewalk, arms in the air, tap dance down onto the subway platform, like looking left, looking right, through the turnstiles, and then sit down on the subway and start kicklining, and then some poor planted chorus girl in her contemporary outfit's like, oh, what's this? Oh, I can join in with the choreography. And yes, that's that's funny, and that's camp, and that gives it a purpose more so like that sort of self-commentary isn't in 42nd street the musical proper i don't look at that as self-commentary at all i just look at it as fun i think it's a great fun way to start the show and it shows off 42nd street it shows off that here's a bunch of athletes doing some sensational choreography um with the backing of some great tunes yeah (laughs) (laughs) But then again, like I do, I dance to me is a huge part 
of musical theatre. Oh, I, I love the evolution of dance yeah. throughout musical theatre. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like in terms of tap, yeah. to, pr- to bring it right back onto the point at the start, but in terms of tap, I feel like this is some of the best that, that exists out there. Absolutely. I think that I think my struggle is what I love about musical theatre is the gestalt of it all, is that it's ne- it's all, it's all the sum of its parts. It mm. is the acting and dance and singing, and you can't... No, that's and that is the cream. That's the cream of the crop. But yeah. obviously within that, you need to be able to look and appreciate all of the other gems that are there. I feel you need to. I, I don't feel you can ever, you know, I mean, if you love something so much, you need to take it for the sum of its parts. Yeah. Um, you can't hide and demerit the um, the stuff that you might not appreciate as much. I feel like you still need to to find the goodness in that. I guess that's you know true. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You've convinced me. A little. Have I? Have a little. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. Thanks. Um, but just go and look at everyone else. Go and look at the 2001 and 20 Words intro because I think, you know, until we got Neil Patrick Harris on the stage, nothing is better. It's it's um, really, really but good. But I did rewatch 2009 and my God, is it bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Do you know, 2000, 2009 was my first Tony Awards. Really? That I'm I watched surprised you didn't live run all the screaming. way through. Um, and that was the one with um rock of ages bopped on the head pal joey shrek yeah. oh, um everyone dancing to hair at the end Dilton john and liza minnelli like hand in hand like it was a car crash yeah um and that was my first i'm surprised oh, i like wasn't put off musical theater for good <laughs> do you know my my favorite tony awards intro to love to hate um it's rosie o'donnell it's the year um they revived last time they revived how to succeed with matthew broderick and megan Mullally. Um, right and rosie o'donnell is backed by like a gospel choir and it's like Mm -hmm. it's rosie o'donnell singing in air quotes which is more like rosie o'donnell rapping um, and like step tapping and the whole point of the whole song is like i bet you didn't know that these tv stars were once on broadway and like god how much more can you reach it's like i apologize that broadway is an art form that exists here's a better art form that we have people from Exactly. And You'll it, know these people. Exactly. And I think the course, is, the course is like, bet you didn't know they did a Broadway show. It's like, God, why? <laughs> I know. Ah, uh, Tony openers. Uh, we seem to be doing all right. We'll just ignore Hugh Jackman. We'll ignore Hugh but, Jackman. Um, but James Corden was great, was really moving. Um, yeah, all... that was beautiful. I think that's what they know. They know that that works now. Yeah. They know that moving Moving works. and like sentimental. And like the, the underlying theme of the whole thing, which I know we both appreciate, is like there are kids at home watching this right now who will end up on Broadway in a couple years. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. that's, that's really right nice. there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. We'll see what they do this year. I know. I oh, this is it's such a great season. Yeah, we can't. We're, we're, I'm sure we'll do an episode when things get closer. It's gonna be. A, it's will. gonna be a rough one. It's gonna be real. It's, it's gonna be a knockdown drag out. I yeah. was writing up. I get my friends going to New York, and I was writing up a guide for him. Uh huh. Um, and just I basically I was like, okay, I'll write like some of the best shows, the top ones, um, that you should see, and I ended up just writing out them all. And I was like, <laughs> oh my god, it's so exciting! Yeah. yeah, it's so exciting. Um, at least say no, come from a ways on Spotify. Yeah, get it listened. Have you listened to it yet? I've listened to bits and um, pieces. I'm started. It's... Um, so far so good. By the way, yeah the the parts I the previews I saw at BroadwayCon were really fun, really fun and interesting. So far so good. Better so exceeding my expectations. Yeah, what for sure. Nickel! Will you hold your horses and let me get 
the dirt off. <gasps> a dime! We're in the money. We're in the money. We got a lot of what it takes to get along. We're in the money. The skies are sunny. I'm really loving my titles. Okay. Really, which is cool. Temporary. You one out loud. <laughs> Contemporary awakenings of classic musicals. That could be I feel a, like this a, actually weirdly stems on from what we were just talking about. Yeah. Um, but it seems like with the recent success of American in Paris, mm-hmm. um, it seems like if you want to do pretty well with a musical, uh-huh. adapt a uh, 1930s film yeah well this <laughs> you know I, I mean this goes back to the thing i was saying earlier about this being contemporaneous when it was first written but now wanting to mm-hmm. do it again says a lot like we're drawing an intrinsic connection between the time when you revive the show and the time when it's set um and it actually yeah. simplifies things there's a great xkcd comic um that's a bunch of timelines i think it's books about um like the the moving timeline of where books pass when they're closer to the time they were written about than they are to now. So like if you write a book in the 1800s about the 1600s, at what point yeah. is it a closer representation of the 1600s than closer to where we live right now? I fully understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so this is it's wonderfully interesting when you revive, especially a, a musical like this about the Great Depression in say the 1980s yeah exactly exactly um and you do wonder like why did they choose 42nd street was it just because it was the one of the bigger you know old hollywood films yeah um but you know why didn't they go for singing in the rain like singing in the rain is the biggest right well and even so why didn't they then want to do that exactly and like it's not like the current trend of reviving children's show from children's shows from the 90s into millennial themed movies like yeah they're doing new power rangers because we all grew up with the power rangers um yeah they didn't revive 42nd street because the young people who are watching 42nd street in the great depression are now the musical theater going audience like that's not that doesn't exist they're old or dead um but then interest i do find that interesting though with american in paris and i was i was really grateful actually when uh they did it uh because um because it's my thing because i love those those musicals right um but I was like, I feel like it's a genre that's starting to be forgotten about. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I know, obviously, they did, like, a Wonderful Town Revival, mm-hmm. On the Town Revival. Like, they're, they're, they're not forgetting about it completely. Right. Um, but in terms of bringing in a new audience to that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I was pleased that American in Paris did well, because I was worried that if it, if it kind of fell flat on its face. Yeah. Um, you know, we'd forget all about yeah. old Hollywood. Well, but. I do I do wonder, as you said, tying into what we talked about, if it is, there is something intrinsic in the human nature about loving these kinds of things and like having to stand up and clap after the down-tempo showstopper for no particular, mm-hmm. and not knowing quite why. Um, mm-hmm. You know, seeing, seeing the Rockettes kick in the air and being like, that's 
damn impressive. Mm-hmm. And just being moved by that instead yeah. of being moved by, you know, Natasha crying in the middle of Act 2. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's a different. It's a completely different thing. Yeah. Um. But then you know, it's it's that it's that idea of like you look back to the Follies era, mm-hmm. and you're like, why was that so successful? You know, what I mean, why was it so successful then? Right. Because it wasn't. They weren't doing anything special. I mean, a lot of the vaudeville acts obviously were because they were you know singing opera whilst riding a unicycle on the right. back of a monkey kind yeah. of thing. Um. But when it came to the Ziegfeld Follies, yeah. it was just a bunch of pretty women wearing, you know, beautiful feathered gowns right. and hats. Yeah. Um, and like, it's, it's, it's not impressive like, say, the circus is, where mm-hmm. it's death-defying feats, where it's like yep. really set up as like, here is explicitly why it is impressive that this man releases this bar hanging through the air and flips around three times and grabs another one. Like, of course that's physically impressive. But like mm-hmm. everyone walking out on stage at the same time, putting their right foot first and their left foot second. Like, I know mm-hmm. that absolutely underplays what choreography is, but it, it, we're not, you know, we're not doing like choreography although it has molded and moved throughout the ages, hasn't changed all that much in the last century. Like, Yeah, there's only so many things you can do with your legs. Exactly. Um, and so it, we keep coming back to it. Whereas, like, we keep breaking records in sports. Whereas, you know, uh, I do think things like trapeze acts, things like circus acts have gotten more intense and complex over the years. Yeah. A, a kick line today might just be a little more synchronized than a kick line 100 years ago, and that's probably just because we've started training kids earlier. Yeah, and it is, I guess it comes from that kind of perfected eye because obviously when you're doing it then for the first time, you've got nothing to look back on and nothing to compare it to and nothing to say, right. hey, we can be better than that. You know what I mean? Whereas obviously through the ages, you can be like, well, that's sure that's how they did it, but look how we can do it. Right, exactly. And I also think you know? it's the difference between a hundred people auditioning for the Rockettes and a million people auditioning for the Rockettes. Like, yeah, exactly. You just have a bigger How pool. did your audition for the Rockettes go? Uh, I forgot to shave my left leg and it knocked me down oh, like 15 points me. for that. I know, I know, I know. As amateur <sighs> mistake. Well, for dance, I got 10. Yeah. For looks... I got eleven. I'm excited to see your boobs. Dad's ten looks eleven, <laughs> and now I'm up in it heaven. It doesn't. It doesn't, doesn't scan very well. Um, no, I do. But on, just as a little sidebar on that topic, in yeah. the movie, I enjoy how they portray how auditions take place. Um, like, right? I I wonder <laughs> how accurate this was to auditions in the 1930s, or if it's exaggerated for the screen. I certainly think the way a director interacts with people is exaggerated for the screen. I can't yeah. imagine walking up to an actress in the middle of the show and being like, "You've got it. You're doing great. Go back out there and do it even more. You're gonna be amazing." Like, I know, <laughs> I know. Go do the show. Um, I feel like I feel like. Of all of the the shows, and obviously we say that this is kind of the start. Uh-huh. Um, the movie, sorry, was kind of the first look into the, the backstage, backstage the peak. Yeah. Um, but I feel like a chorus line is the only one that's real. That's pretty accurate, exactly. Um, right. But no, like this this audition line is like, all right, next eight, next eight girls, line up. All right, pull up your skirts, pull up your skirts. Looks good, exactly. looks good. Not you, looks good. All right, next eight, here we go. Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> and that's what it was, though. Like that's yeah. I can't imagine. I just can't imagine that. Man, it was a different time. Imagine being told no. Like, you're like, what the yeah. f- more can I do? Well, it's a leg. It's a leg. <laughs> yeah, 
this is why, and I, I'm glad there's at least, I'm, I see it a lot, at least in the Chicago theater scene, um, but I think right. it's definitely going. There does seem to be a change in um, a paradigm shift going on in the professional theater world that I think is right and appropriate. Um, we are, where we are recognizing much more so that like, we are human beings who use our human being existence to do our art and that there's a special care that needs to come with that. Um, the, and like, you know, part, part of it is old standing sexist and awful attitudes in the world. And like, you know, auditioning people based on their body and based on looks. And like, we exist with, you know, bodies as our tools, as actors and things. And there will always be a little bit of that because, because that's the business, because that's, you know, we're, we're about casting pretty people, but there is some acknowledgement that like pretty people come in all different shapes and sizes. And there are people, you know, we are all pretty on the inside. And because we're talking about what we look like on the outside, we must do it with care and intent. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I feel really in recent years, yeah, if you look at Broadway ensembles, yeah, that's happening a lot more. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you think of something like the Comet Ensemble, Come From Away Ensemble as yep. well. Yep. Um, ages. Yep. Um, shapes, sizes, yep. everything. Yep. Such a scale. Yep. Um, which is great. Yeah. And, like, it's it's a rough journey. More, you know, we've done a lot of things, like, since at least 1930, if not before, we've been, like, having girls line up and pull their skirts up. And there's a mm-hmm. lot to undo there. Um, mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't be trying at every single step. Absolutely. Put my foot down. <laughs> Tommy said it, guys, okay? No more licking up girl yeah, skirts. This, this gay cis white man has said. So now it's... God. Uh, <laughs> it's cool. We're LGBTQA+. So. Um, hooray. I do want to hit this last bullet point because I think this is fascinating. Um the sorry i thought you would hit it the so 1933 um 42nd street movie comes out during the death of musical theater on the screen yeah as we've said um and revives it yep then the revival in 1980 which played forever and ever and ever um changed theaters it moved between i think three different theaters on broadway mm-hmm. do you know what kicked it out First, it was kicked out by Cats, and then it was kicked out by The Phantom of the Opera. And I do think this points to, at least in the 80s, 90s, a changing trend, a changing micro trend in musical theater that yeah. we're kicking out 42nd Street for Cats. Yeah, um, exactly. And it, But I think, because again, we talked about, when we did Cats, obviously we talked about this a lot and yeah. as to why the ALW machine worked. Yeah. Um. And obviously we're saying like a lot of new musicals aren't being created. Mm-hmm. But I think 42nd Street is such an interesting exception. Like obviously it won the Tony Award for Best Musical. Yeah. Um, I think and so the revival. At the time, something, yeah. something going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really interesting that um, it, it comes when it comes. At the end of the 70s, yeah. where we've had a lot of these very new ideas brought into musical theatre mm-hmm. and... Lots of things were being challenged mm-hmm. um, on all fronts. Uh, here we have this really 
like we said, traditional, yeah, old Hollywood like style, a, about as traditional um, as you can get, I would say. Exactly, um, and it won best musical. I, I yeah. still find that really fascinating. Yeah. And I do, I will, I do think some of that is attributable to the La La Land effect, to the fact that the people yeah. who are voting are the people who like the drama of a backstage musical, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but only some of it. Yeah, definitely. But then, obviously you know we got something new again yeah in the shape of alwa yeah i wonder do you um, think i don't think i think we're past this at least now in our microcosm of a world i don't think a big Andrew old, Lloyd Webber. well i hope we're past clearly we're not past that he's no, clearly old, not. he's got like this is the era the this is the new era god why um no like the 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 hoofing tap dancing although i guess they are reviving crazy for you so maybe i'm wrong um yep but i wonder how it'll do we're getting a revival over here for Fruitsang Street. I know, but that's the thing is like, I don't know. I, I don't think it will ever die because yeah. I know American in Paris had a lot more ballet in it. Right. Um, so beautiful. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I can see this going forever and ever because at the end of the day, it's just fun to do. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe, really fun to do. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe I'm stuck in the trap of time immemorial that like because clearly it was happening in the 1930s like oh this this kind of fluffy stuff is never gonna succeed people don't like it Mm -hmm. it's gonna go and like then it came right back again and it feels like every 10 years every 20 years be like and it's the last kind it's the last good solid book musical of its era and then another one comes out in two years yeah exactly oh and it's the last one of and then it just keeps happening yeah yeah, that, that's it. Is it will keep on happening. Now the question is: Will we ever get another new Forty Second Street? Will we ever see a, you know, here I am turning this easy story into a visual spectacle? Yeah. Um. You know, that's folk. Like I said, kind of focusing on the dance. Yeah. Will we ever see that? I don't know. That's a good question. I wonder if that's going to more spin off into its own kind of art forms. Like that's where you know maybe we will see the revival of more ballet or dance focused places or more like oddball things like Cirque hitting Broadway. Um, like I, I mm-hmm. wonder if they fill that kind of niche in the world, but then again, they seem kind of too arty. They, you know, I can I never know. Yeah. But like for Cirque, I mean, for something like Cirque du, Cirque du Soleil, I wouldn't go see it because it's not a musical. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if, for example, uh, uh, for example, Randy Skinner, um, mm-hmm. who choreographed the revival of Forty Second Street and etc. Um, if he brought out a new dance musical and it was quite like really exciting and revolutionary, I'd want to go see that. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was, I wish I got to see American in Paris. I'm really well when it opens in London. I'll definitely go see it there. Right. Um, because I'm like, oh, I want to see how they're pushing dance. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It does kind of harks back to what we were talking about a wee bit earlier. But you know, it's. Now that people are reflecting on what's come before, mm-hmm. for example, when Randy Skinner choreographed the 2001, he took the magic that Gower Champion created right. and just tightened it up. Yeah. Um, because he was there in the he was there in the original production. Yeah. Um, and was able to make it grow. Right. Um, and I think it's that kind of thing. It's like, well, what are, you know, it's people keep looking back on things. Right. I wonder how are they going to keep. Yeah, or if we're going to have anything new. I mean, I doubt we'll any have anything brand brand new because they're as as awful as it is, some of the magic of 42nd Street 
is based in that initial impulse of the 1930s of lining 50 girls up in a row and looking at their legs. Yeah, Um, exactly. And, like, there's wonderful things that, like, impressive acrobatics and dance things that happen there that are absolutely not related to anything super sexist, but it comes Mm. from a very sexist place. And Mm, we do feel at least an obligation to try and be past that in our Mm -hmm. artistic worlds. Um, And so, you know, that's, will, will, will we find something else like that that doesn't feel sexist, but still puts us in a place Mm -hmm. where we see this kind of show? I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's it, is that we need to find, we need to find a time that had that magic, that had that um, hope, because that's obviously what this, you know, it was in the Great Depression, they were wanting this hope. You need to be able to find something like that and harness that yeah. and use that to project all this tap dancing joy. Yeah. Who knows, sir? Who knows? Maybe Who someone knows? out there right now is going to write that musical. It's me! <laughs> it's me! I so if you... Yeah. <laughs> Second Street. Ta-da. Did you meet those dancing feet on the avenue I'm taking yeah. you to? That that lyric one? that lyric is kind of the come and meet I mean they're doing it because they want to do the internal rhyme of Avenue and I'm taking you to, but it's not an avenue. Yeah. It's forty second street. Street. It's very confusing. Yeah. Do you know what else is really confusing about those that song that I only figured out on this last listen through? It's like like dainty mateys from the eighties, little nifties from the fifties. They're not talking about decades. They're talking about street numbers. <laughs> Took the they are. I know, which is cool, isn't it? It is cool. Once you figure it out, you're like, oh, oh, you're talking about like different neighborhood people, and then Forty uh, Second Street is where we are. And it, but yeah. it's it's neat. I didn't get there, and then I did. The end. Wouldn't it be funny if they were talking about it from the 1880s? Well, that's where I got there because the 1850s. <laughs> for me, 42nd Street exists as something from the 1980s. So, of course, you can talk about something from the 1950s. But why right. on earth in 1933 would you talk about like little nifties the from the 1850s? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, oh, these salacious women from the mid 1800s. Absolutely. Mary Poppins, <laughs> eat your heart out. Um, it time for a quiz question you ready for this one yeah great there are three musicals that we know of with songs in them titled quote the confrontation end quote one of them is the musical we're talking about next week whoa that's tricky that question because you're never gonna know the answer you got a one in um, you got a one in three chance a one in three chance of winning um all those grand prizes if you want to <laughs> get in touch with us you can um 
come find me over on Twitter at Asin Hendricks and YouTube at Asin Hendricks as well. And I'm Musical Mesh on Twitter and Musical Theatre Mesh on YouTube. Or there's our show Twitter at Jim and Tomic. Also on Facebook, search Jim and Tomic Musical Theatre's Happy Hour. We're there! Or you can pop over to our website, jimandtomic.com, which has a link to our Reddit discussion where we will be chatting up a storm. The discussions have been flying, Thomas. That's good. We've been doing so well recently. We've been getting over 10 every week. Over 10? Keep it up, guys. I'm happy. I'm happy people are there. That's wonderful. I know. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really, really helps us out. And we shall see you next week. Toodaloo. Bye. <laughs> My chair's falling He's apart. down, ladies and gentlemen. He's down. I just wanted it to Tommy, go. Tommy, how many have you had? Are you still drunk from your birthday? Uh, I just had a, a Moscow Mule this morning. Hmm. No, I haven't been hmm. able to drink because I've been watching high schoolers perform a Midsummer Night's Dream. It's a creepy, creepy thing if you didn't <laughs> know you were a teacher. <laughs> hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.